Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share episode number 120 of our podcast with you. Today you're going to hear from Coach Mike McElroy. He's currently the defensive coordinator at Bethel University in the Minneapolis-St. Paul, Minnesota area. He's married, has a two-year-old son, incredible young man, incredible coach, incredible husband, incredible dad, incredible man of God. I can't wait for you to hear from Coach McElroy, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach McElroy. Oh, thanks for having me. This is, uh, this is a ton of fun. You bet. So I always like to start these off with some background information. So if you don't mind, just give the listeners a little bit about, about who you are, maybe where you grew up, your family growing up, a little bit about your family today. Yeah, uh, I grew up in uh, kind of southwest Michigan, Grand Rapids area, um, born and raised there. Um, my dad is a, is a teacher, high school teacher and coach. Um, my mom was a nurse, um, had one younger sister who is probably the better athlete in the family. And so um, she, uh, it, it was good. So just us four, um, small town. Um, and uh, yeah, spent most of my, most all my childhood there. We bounced around a couple of cities, but it was a simple, small Christian home. Um, unbelievable parents, unbelievable sibling. Uh, and then now, uh, married to actually my high school sweetheart. We met in high school, um, went to different colleges, uh, ended up uh, finding a way to, to stay together. And uh, now we have a two-year-old named Asa, who uh, is a handful, but uh, a lot of fun. That is. That's a fun age. Oh, yeah. Mine are teenagers, and there's, um, you know, when, when mine were that young, you kind of look forward to being teenagers. Now they're teenagers, I kind of wish <laughs> right. they were too. Right. Yeah, we're wishing he would grow up on some things a little bit right now, but uh, life's good. Life's a lot of fun. So you mentioned growing up in a Christian family. So at what point did you make that decision that you needed that personal relationship with Jesus? Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, it was always a part of what we did. And so I, I don't think it was mine um, for, for a long time. I think it was kind of one of those where you check the box on a Wednesday night, you check the box on a Sunday morning. Um, and it's just kind of, oh, this is what everyone does. Uh, it, and it was good. It wasn't like it was, uh, you know, I, was, I had crazy stuff going on, but it, it was just kind of something that was in the background and wasn't really guiding anything I was doing. Um, I, it, it really became mine when I, I went away to college. I was eight hours, 10 hours away from home at Southern Illinois University. And um, for that, I, I had to make a decision, right? No one was taking me to church every day. No one was telling me to do certain things. And I uh, was lucky to have some unbelievable mentors and find an unbelievable church there that uh, kind of called me on some stuff and uh, just had to make a decision of, is this what I want to pursue? Is this what I want to be? And uh, so for me, that's where, I think that's where it really became a, a real thing, uh, something that I, I had to own. Yeah, I think that's um, very similar to, to a lot of people. I know for me too, grew up, I grew up in a strong family, but I think sometimes, which is I'm very grateful for, but sometimes you can take it for granted and it doesn't become, at least for me, didn't become my own until I was almost out of high school and then obviously after high school. So, right. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned uh, Southern Illinois. You end up playing some football there. Um, talk about how you ended up at Southern Illinois. Yeah, uh, that's a weird, uh, it's a weird story. Like if you would have told me Southern Illinois, I, I don't think I knew where it was until about halfway through my senior year. Um, I grew up in, again, growing up in Grand Rapids, Grand Valley State University at the time was a division two powerhouse, had won 
maybe four or five national titles. And all I wanted to do was play there uh, probably 15 minutes from home. And uh, for whatever reason, they, they were not interested. In, uh, and so I took a hint kind of early. And actually, I visited three schools as I was coming out. I visited Mount Union, which is the, the Division three kind of powerhouse in, in Ohio. And, uh, and I visited Cornell uh, out in New York and then, and then Southern Illinois. And I think everybody, including my family, thought I was going to go to Cornell and try to go the business route and get the cool Ivy League education and, you know, uh, some of that stuff that I think we, we value more than we should sometimes. Um, but ended up at Southern Illinois um, and don't know why, don't know how, and um, just had, uh, had an unbelievable feel when I went there. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, and so for me, that's kind of what did it, uh, had never been there, had never really, I mean, just kind of out of the blue was like, all right, I think this is where I'm supposed to be after a visit. And, uh, and it, it ended up being one of the better decisions I ever made of getting out of house, getting away from mom and dad, uh, not knowing anybody and then having to go compete at a place that I was probably not suited for, you know, it was a little above probably my level and, uh, was challenged in that. So, and then, now you're, you're, you're coaching. So after your college football playing, when did you decide to pursue coaching? And then kind of just give us a little snapshot of your coaching journey. Yeah, uh, I think I know I want to be a coach in high school. Uh, I've had a unique uh, just kind of road in that I've, I've either worked for or played for, I think it's four Hall of Fame coaches. Um, and so it's like I've had this unique – um, just journey in football of like, I've seen some of the best of the best do it. Uh, and, and so for me, that intrigued me and I think inspired me. And so as I, as I went through college, it was something I want to get into education. So I have my secondary ed degree and actually taught high school for two years uh, and got started just volunteering at a local high school again for a guy who sought out a guy who was a hall of famer in, in Southern Illinois there and um, volunteered under him for a year and, and just try to soak up everything I could. But uh, I've been fortunate to be under guys who are unbelievable at what they do in this profession and, and then great people as well. So where all have you coached? Cause you mentioned you coached at the high school level. You're now at uh, Bethel, which is division three, yep. but um, so yep. where all have you coached? Yep. So I started off volunteering at a high school called Marion high school in Southern Illinois. Uh, from there, I was then a head coach at a, at a small 1A school in Southern Illinois called Alvarado. Um, from that, I got a graduate assistantship job at the University of Minnesota. Uh, so I was there for two years um, and then ended up for one year at a Division II school called Concordia St. Paul here in the Twin Cities. And then uh, for going on now four years, uh, I've been a defensive coordinator here at Bethel University uh, in St. Paul. You've coached high school division yeah, three, two, I've and seen one. It all. I've seen it all. <laughs> so, yeah. what what drew you to your current position at, at Bethel? Yeah, I, I think the it's my first time ever being in, in the public or in the private sector as far as uh, private education. Um, being at a private Christian school was appealing to me. Um, also, for the fact that the again the guy I'm coaching for right now is a Hall of Famer. He's been here thirty years. Um, unbelievable and in, in how he leads and how he does stuff. And, and there was an appeal for me there of, and this is the guy that I want to be like when I'm 50 years old. And there's guys on the staff that I want to be like when I'm older. And so for me, it's like, all right, how do I get around those guys? Um, and that has been unbelievable for me as far as his growth as a, as a coach, as a dad, as a husband. And so for me, the appeal was 
and I want to I want to learn from from these guys because they're doing stuff right because they're doing it the right way and then they're winning games which sometimes you feel like you got to compromise on one or the other and uh, they found a way to to do and get both. So the next question may be kind of a given, but you know you you're coaching at a private Christian school, so I know your play yep. your faith plays a key role in it, but right. I also know that not everybody that comes there are right. Christians. So is there, do you ever feel any resistance toward coaching with your faith? I, I think what's what we try to be really upfront in our recruiting about kind of who we are. Um, and, but I still think you get those guys who are like, I just want to play ball. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I really don't care. I, I can handle whatever. Right. And so um, I don't think there's as much resistance as there is kind of questions or curiosity. And I think, it forces you. I mean, I think 18 year old guys, whether you're in a public school or a private school, you're still dealing with the same stuff, right? Like you're still same anxieties, the same fears, the same pressures, the same stuff is, um, is still prevalent. And so for me, what I think it allows us to do is like, we can, we can speak into that a lot more here, uh, have a lot more freedom to do that. And I think there's also systems set up here to where it makes that a little bit easier um, as far as kind of the resources that we have for our guys. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a bunch of 20 year old guys trying to figure out man, what kind of man do I want to be? What kind of dad do I want to be? You know, what, what's the right path for me to go? And so uh, coaching is coaching. And um, that for me has been, it, it doesn't change whether you're public school or private school or D one or D three, it's you're, you're facing the same stuff. Yeah, true, true enough. How many guys do y'all have there, the part of the team? Our roster right now is about 105. Oh, wow, okay. Is there an athlete, I mean, since you've coached at all levels, yep. um, or two, that just from a pure athletic standpoint that just wowed you, just yeah. really stood out? Yeah, uh, I, I think back probably my time in Minnesota was eye-opening to me. I, I went from a one A, which is the smallest high school in Illinois, to a to a Big Ten, you know, defensive backs coaching spot. So it's like I went from coaching twenty seven guys to you're in the big house and you're at you know playing Ohio State in the night game. And so seeing some of those guys was just a little bit ridiculous. But uh, we had two guys. We had two guys on that team when I was there. That one played in the suit. One won a Super Bowl for the Chiefs. Damian Wilson was their inside linebacker. We had a guy last year who played in it, uh, a backer for the Falcons. Um, but two guys that I, I kind of coached specifically, one was uh, Eric Murray, who, who played for the Chiefs when Eric Berry got hurt uh, two years ago. And then a guy named Brian Body, who another corner, who just those guys were freaks. I mean, just unbelievable athletes. Um, and then those two were just unbelievable people as well. So that was kind of fun. That is awesome. Um, what about an athlete that you've seen – God just really used you in their life. Yeah, so there's a there's a guy who, when I was at Minnesota, I think it's fun because it's become a, a pretty, it's like a two-way deal now. Uh, this guy named Cedric Thompson, him and I were able to connect. He was at the safety when I was coaching there. And uh, a guy who, man, we just connected over some heart stuff and um, some faith stuff. And, and he was pretty new in it at the time. And, uh, and so now we've been able to kind of grow through that. And he's, he's graduated and lives in the cities and, uh, it's got two kids now of his own and we have coffee probably once a month and are just able to kind of, uh, encourage each other. And, you know, it's fun to be with a guy who's new in his faith and excited. And, um, it's a good reminder of, man, this is what this should be like. Um, and then, and then also getting to encourage him and some fatherhood stuff and him encourage me. It's, um, that's been really cool, but the, it all started 
kind of that bond that happened as a as a player and and, and coach. That is awesome. Yeah, you're right. That does kind of keep the keep your own fire going too. Yeah, right. She mentioned uh, being married and having a two year old. So the demands of coaching is is pretty high. So how do you balance the demands of being a coach with also a husband and a dad? Yeah. Uh, again, I, the more and longer I'm in this, the, the more I'm convinced who you, who you work with is, is more important than where you work. Um, we've got a guy who, um, as the head coach, is, man, he's, we're not guarding a desk. We're not forced to do stuff that we kind of don't have to do or check a box. And so we're able to uh, really just be with our family as much as we need to be with our family. And, and I think it's being smarter too. Like there's so much technology nowadays uh, that you can get stuff done at home. You don't have to sit in an office and, and guard a desk all day. And so um, being able to be present with, with, uh, with my wife and with my kid and put the phone away when I need to put the phone away and um, be able to then just come in and, and get work done. And uh, I think sometimes as football coaches, we think the more hours you work, the more you win. And I think that, we can show that that's, it's not true. And so, uh, I get, you know, I get to drop my kid off every day at daycare, whether we're in season or out of season. And, um, so, so there's just some freedom that for me allows it to be, and I love get, to, I love coming to work because I get to get sharpened here. I get to grow here. And then I get to go give that to, uh, to my family versus I go to work, I'm drained and naked. It's what's left. That's awesome. I like that. You come to work and get sharpened and then take it home yeah. and pass it on. Yeah. That's good. So this next question is more of the role of sports. And so, I mean, you've been player and again, right. coached at multiple levels. So not to get into politics, but yeah. culture is very divided, whether right. it's religion, right. politics, socioeconomics, right. race, just a number of things divide us. And sports is one of the few things that kind of is that uniting factor, right? So how yeah. have you seen in your experience and in athletics and sports, you've seen those walls be torn down and can people yeah. forget about those walls? Yeah. Uh, I think sports, uh, we, we talk about, especially football for us, it's, it's a microcosm of life, right? It's, it's really hard and you, and you need each other. Right. And, and that's no different than everyday walk and everyday stuff that we're going through. And, um, I mean, what a catalyst for change, what a catalyst for growth, for maturity, uh, when you got to do stuff that's maybe uncomfortable and a little bit hard and, and the beauty of it too is you're not always rewarded for for what you do, right? You put in a bunch of work in a weight room and you may not play, right? But that work is going to grow you and it's going to make you better. Um, and so you just look at that from a you know thirty thousand foot view and you're like, man, that that's what I want more of. And then you zoom in on that and it's like, well, what does it look like? And it's you know, I love hearing our guys talk about who they live with and you you know their backgrounds and you go, how on earth did that guy and that guy connect? Mm -hmm. And you go, man, it's because, you know, they were on the same weight rack in the, at the 6 a.m. lift and they got to know each other that way. And even though they have vastly different backgrounds and vastly different socioeconomic status of, man, it, what brought those guys together was tough stuff, uh, probably same heart. And, uh, and then just in this, in this thing that is football, that is stinking hard and it's, it calls a lot out of us. Right. And so, um, guys who step up to that, uh, man, I think it just changes something in them or it speeds up that change in the maturity process. The picture of, of life too, right. If we right. all understand everybody's working hard, everybody has different backgrounds, but if we all come together, right. Um, yeah. 
you know, we can accomplish a lot more than while right. we're kind of doing our own thing and kind of tearing each other down. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So I want to ask you for um, some advice or encouragement. A lot of our listeners are student athletes and coaches. So um, some are fortunate to play or coach at places where, you know, there's no resistance to their faith. They can be very bold, but then there's plenty of folks that have to be very careful. So how would you encourage a student athlete or a coach to, to use their platform that they have in athletics, because it's a platform, can be used for good or bad, but it's a platform. So how would you encourage them to use their platform to be more bold with their faith? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the challenge is to, to not compartmentalize, right? So it's hard to be one person in one place and one person in the other place. I think that's going to eventually catch up to you. And so I think it's uh, authentic uh, of who you are all the time uh, is a big deal. Um, and I think it all comes with trust, right? Like we talk a lot in here about, um, you know, trust, it comes in drips and it leaves in buckets. And so our guys, like you got to build the trust for me to be able to have a hard conversation with a guy. I've got to have the trust on him. I can't just come out and kind of get after him or call stuff out that I don't like right away because it's going to turn a guy off. And I think the same is true when we're talking through faith and we're talking through, uh, anything where we're going to challenge somebody on maybe their beliefs or, how they're doing something or, or flaws in character. Uh, I know we always listen better. I know I always listen better when I trust the person that's coming from, right. Versus the noise mm. that we hear on, on social media or, or you know, whatever that is. Um, so, so that's, that's my thing. I, I think it's gotta be, you've gotta have time to build relationships. Um, because I just, it builds that authenticity. And then I think you can speak truth and get truth spoken into you a lot easier. Um, when you are, uh, when you feel uh, that person values who I am and trust me, may not may not agree with me, may not believe what I believe, but I'm going to listen because because uh, I trust their heart. I like that. I was taking writing that down. I like um, I've said it in many ways, but never those exact words. But I wrote that down. I'm going to tell my two boys that trust it comes in drips and leaves in buckets. Yeah, I like that. Right. Take some time. Yeah, because we talk a lot about trust, obviously. Yeah. Um, right at home. And so it's always good right. to good to explain it in different terms, but yeah, yeah. you're right. I, I think you're definitely, um, definitely right on people listen when there's trust. I mean, there's a lot of people that like to, you know, beat the loud drum and claim, right. you know, they're right. speaking biblical truth and sharing Jesus, right. but it's just, it's a loud symbol. It's, I mean, right. just people just get their hands yeah. in their ears because then you look then five minutes later, they're saying something that's completely wrong. And so, yeah, right. that's the, the, right. the trust factor. That's good. So this is always a fun one for me. So um, a lot of people have a favorite verse or life verse. Yeah. I'd like to ask people to share if they have one, or is there one that maybe God has shown you recently um, in your life that you would share to encourage us? Yeah. Uh, I think for me, uh, since having a son, uh, I've been kind of digging through, man, what does that look like to raise a, a young guy that, um, um, I would say, man, this is the, this is the kind of son I want to raise. And, um, there's a, I, I don't have it directly memorized, but there's a, there's in first Samuel, I think it's, it's, I think it might be chapter 16 when they're talking about the, they go and find David and, and they're talking about mm-hmm. what kind of guy he is, a man of sound speech. 
uh, a man who's skillful in words, a man who's prudent, a man who uh, has good presence. Uh, and, and then I know the end of that says the, the Lord is with him. And um, for me, that's almost been a, been a prayer for my kid uh, every night before bed of, of man, that's the kind of guy that, that hey, I want to be. Um, but then I want, man, uh, that's what you want in a kid. I think it's uh, uh, chapter 16, First Samuel 16, I think is where that's at. Writing that down because uh, yeah, that's that's a good reminder. Um, I love to I love to ask that question, and talk about it because you know you do get the 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 familiar ones, you right. know, Philippians four right. thirteen, Jeremiah. Right. I mean, right. nothing wrong with the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the popular verses at all, but I, I love yeah. it when somebody you know says one that's not one of the more quote unquote common ones, and and yeah. and, I, and, and the reason why and. That's a good one to go back and read, especially like you said, as a dad. Yeah. Um, that's that's what, especially raising young men. Um, yeah. It's always good to be reminded of that and to know that that's what we want our our young men to become. Yeah. And also, it's a way, you know, for me to evaluate my own part in life and go, okay, am I modeling that for him? I want this for him, but yeah. what are they seeing in me? It's a good check. Yeah, because I think a lot of times um, they would probably say that. You know, sometimes what I'm saying and doing is not always yeah. matching up. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. I hear that a lot. Well, Dad, but you know, you say don't do this, but you did that. But yeah, yeah. There's a man. There's a um, there's a poem, and I, it's it's I'm forgetting who it's by now. But so the the little fellow watches me, um, and that for me was like, man, it just talks about this guy. Like, man, this, this I got this little guy right now, and he's watching everything I do, and he's he's going to emulate it, or he's going to he's going to talk about it, and so. That's been, I got that hanging in my office here, but it's, uh, and it's unbelievable. I'm going to look that up. And mine are, like I said, mine are older. I've got three kids, but, but my two boys, 13 and, and 16 in it, even though they're not little, they still watch oh, yeah. and say, and, uh-huh. you know, everything. And it's, yep. um, scary. it is, it's, it's very <laughs> yep. scary. Yep. Um, especially the older they get. I used to think it was scary when they were tiny because it's picking up little habits. But now it's, I don't know, it's even more scary, I think. For um, sure. Just because of what being a teenager is like nowadays. Yep. <laughs> yep. The last question, there's uh, two words in sports that are real big, um, all in. I mean, it's it's all yeah. over sports, basketball, baseball, football. You hear it all over the place. But it's also all over the New Testament when Jesus is talking about what it means to be a follower of him you know, being selfless. So this is, I like to ask this kind of from the practical standpoint, uh, Mike. So what does it look like, like on a daily basis for you to be all in on your walk with Christ? Yeah, uh, man, I, I like the the word you, like the selfless piece. Um, mm-hmm. We talk about it a lot here, even as a staff and as a, we talked about it as a, as my family, my wife and I have, I think all in is, is you gotta, you gotta choose us. Right. And so, uh, whether that's the team, whether that's, I got to choose my wife every day, right? Like I got to choose her. I got to choose to walk a certain way every day. Um, I got to choose to be a great husband. I got to choose to be a great dad. I got to choose to be a great employee um, every day. Uh, and, and it is a choice. Uh, I truly believe that. And uh, and I think that comes with like when you're all in on something, when you choose something, you, you've got to give some stuff up, right? Like I've got to give some freedoms up um, that, that maybe some other people don't uh, because of the position I'm in or I got to give some time up as a dad that maybe another guy doesn't have to. And so 
um, I think it comes back to every day. I got to think and choose us and I got to choose this place and I got to choose my life. And, um, so for me, that's kind of our, our take on, on all in, right. Same premise, same idea. Uh, but what am I choosing? Right. Cause it's a choice. I'm choosing something every day. I'm either choosing to kind of serve my needs and what I want, or I'm going to choose that. Hey, this is, this is bigger than me. And it requires me to give some stuff up, uh, in order to be a part of this community, a part of this family, a part of this team. Well, that's good stuff there. Sounds easy too, right? Right. Right. So <laughs> our, man, our, I love it. Our, our head guy always talks about it's, it's easy to, but it's easier not to, right? Like it's easy to get up and make your bed, but it's easier not to. And so that's kind of the, the running joke around here. Like, man, it's easy to go to weights, right? It's easy, but it's easier not to. And so for us, it's like, man, that, that sounds nice, but it's a dang choice every day. You've got to think and choose it, right? And, that's right. And, it's, and you're right. That's definitely um, applicable to our walk with Christ. I mean, this yeah. is a daily moment right. by moment choice. And that's the yeah. part I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, including myself, we struggle with. Yep. Because yep. there's so many other things that, you know, and I think, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not alone in this, but, you know, we all, we, we want some control over our life. Yep. You know? Right. I know what's yep. best. I know the right plans. Yep. Um, right. But it's choosing Jesus every day and acknowledging that, hey, my plans right. aren't aren't the best. <laughs> His are always better. If, if, I, if I'll just fully surrender. Right. So having a conversation right. with a friend of mine just, the, just last week about um, God is calling him into, he quit his job and God's calling him into something bigger, more ministry related. And, you know, it's difficult. He's, you know, late forties and it's a bit, it's, it's a big change, but he's yeah. confident this is where God's calling him and, you know, talking through yeah. the decision process. And he's like, you know what? It finally got to the point where um, I had to say, okay, God, your plan's better than mine. And his wife even yeah. said, I know the right decision, but I want <laughs> you to lead us. And if yeah. you're going to say no to God, that's between you and him. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Because the easy it. way is to not make the change. Yeah. Right. You know? yep. So, yep. yeah, that's good. Good stuff. Hey, man, I know um, a lot going on your way, so I appreciate your time and yeah. um, hearing a little bit of your story. And I know I, I've been encouraged. I know people that listen are as well. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, I think it's always good. We got, you know, you, you learn of people in the community and, and in the kind of spaces you're in that are kind of fighting, trying to fight that good fight as well. And so I think it's always, it's always encouraging uh, when you know that, hey, you, I'm not alone in this and there's people battling, even though sometimes it feels like the world's going crazy. Uh, there, there's there's people kind of fighting a good fight. And so uh, that's the hope is we continue to, keep rolling uh, there's grace when we screw up but it's like all right let's go it's, it's, we're, we're free to run on this stuff and that's what that's what he sent his kid for and so that's what's fun that's awesome thank you again to coach McElroy for taking time to share his heart share his story for you to get a glimpse of who he is who he is as a football coach but most of all who he is as a follower of Christ a husband and a dad and and his passion for Christ and his passion for coaching the game of football to to build up young men to to follow Jesus to be good husbands and good good dads one day down the road. I know 
a lot of things he said I wrote down in my notes, but just a couple of them to highlight was it's a reminder that I hear a lot, but it's so true. And that is that you and I cannot compartmentalize our lives. We surrender all to Jesus, not just a portion, not just um, our work or um, our finances or our family. It is a total surrender. He talked also about trust. And I love this. The trust comes in drips. It comes so slow, but it leaves in buckets. And that when we're building relationships with other people, whether it's to, to teach the game of football, but more than, more than anything, when we're building that relationship to share Jesus, we got to remember that they will listen to us when they trust us. And that trust comes slowly, but every little thing we say, every little thing we do, if it does not point to Jesus, then we start losing the trust. He talked about his favorite scripture coming from 1 Samuel 16, that David was a man of sound speech, that the Lord was with him. That's the kind of character Coach McElroy said he wants for his son, but you know that's the kind of character I think we all want. That, that people would look at us and say that Stuart is a man of sound speech, the Lord is with him. That you as a listener would be known for someone by others that people say, you know what, the Lord is with them. The last thing was he talked a lot about being selfless. You know, every day is a choice. We need to choose to follow Jesus. Every moment of every day. It's just like in marriage. He said, you know, he chooses his wife Every day, he chooses to be a great dad. He chooses to be a great employee. What a great reminder for you and for me that whatever we're doing today, we need to choose to follow Jesus above all. Thank you for listening. I ask you to share this episode with somebody. I know there's somebody in your life that could use some encouragement. I would also ask you, if you're not already a subscriber to our podcast, that you would click the subscribe button. Because there's so many previous episodes that I know will encourage you, and I am so excited, excited more now than ever about the future of the podcast. Some of the guests coming up, I know you'll want to hear from. We love to hear from you. Check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just go to the search and type in All In Sports Outreach, and it'll take you to our pages. You can interact with us. You can find out who we are, why we do what we do. But most of all, we, we do, we thank you for listening, for taking the time to listen. We thank you for your support. We thank you for your encouragement. And we thank you for your prayers.